Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. We're in the second week of our of our Christmas series, and uh, I'm just really excited about this season, and uh, we call it a season of opportunity a lot because I know there will be people, and we're going to pray about this at the end of our service, that you might have opportunity to invite that might otherwise not come to a church service, but because it's Christmas Eve and you invite them to come, if they come with you, there's a good chance that they might do that. So we're getting ready to finish up 2014 and head into 2014. And 15. I don't know if you've spent much time thinking about that yet. I hope you do. Um, reflecting on as we begin. You know, here's the question that I want to start with today. 2015 since what? Have you thought about that? Since this event that we're celebrating right now. That's huge. An event that changed the world, didn't it? Changes our lives, changes our hearts, and sometimes we forget that it's 2015 since the first Advent Christmas. And that's what we've been talking about during this, this series. I love Christmas. I'm a gift giver at heart. That's one of the things that I love to do. I like to think creatively. I love communicating. Hey, I was thinking about you. I love you. And uh, I, we're kind of past that in our house now. Now we go to the Nike outlet store on the employee special day because Luke is working at the Nike outlet and everybody just picks out their stuff. It's like the most boring thing ever. And uh, everybody gets whatever they want and we put it in a big bag and then we're going to wrap it up and that's going to be really fun, isn't it? Right? I'm like, this is horrible. I don't like that. I like, I like gift giving and I got that from my dad. He did that well. Uh, but we also understand that this gift-giving idea is really a reflection. It's part of the way that we celebrate a God that is an incredible gift-giver. And if we forget or lose track of that, then we forget the focus of this whole holiday that we're celebrating. And so for the last uh, two weeks and then also heading through uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about the gifts that we receive through our incredible relationship with our Heavenly Father. Unfortunately, life gets crazy and it becomes way too easy to miss out on the gifts that, that God has given us. Uh, when, we, when we give gifts, when I give gifts, I want my gifts to matter. I want those that receive the gifts that I give to appreciate them. I want them to know that there has been thought and that it communicates that thought and it communicates my love. And I want the gifts to be enjoyed. And we try hard to think of gifts that would be meaningful. And this whole idea is exactly the same and the reason that we celebrate this way is because that is exactly what our Heavenly Father has done for us. He knows better than we do what kind of gifts will actually matter. What kind of gifts will make a difference in our lives? What kind of gifts are needed? What kind of gifts will really communicate to us His incredible love? And He wants those gifts to be experienced. He wants us to enjoy the opportunity to unpack and receive and live in the gifts that He has given us. And He ultimately wants these gifts to be life-changing. And so as we have walked through this, and as we've been taking a look at these gifts, last week Pastor Kyle did a great job uh, unpacking the gift of hope, that we would have hope. Hope in our world today is so important. Our Heavenly Father knew that, and so part of what is embedded in our relationship with Him is a hope that you can't find elsewhere. So let me kind of set the tone for where I want to go this week. This is going to be really encouraging as we start. Are you ready? Just put your emotional seatbelt on right now. Here we go. I've read some crazy statistics this week. The average person that works at a desk has 36 hours of work sitting on their desk. Think about that. Makes you happy, doesn't it? 
Not only that, but we usually, typically, will spend three hours a week sorting our piles on average if you're a desk worker. The average middle manager is interrupted 73 times a day. That's fun. That'll keep you focused, won't it? Two-thirds of married women working outside the home work 65 to 85 hours a week, including their responsibilities at home. And all the ladies said, please don't forget it. Help me out a little bit. American workers put in more hours on the job than any other industrialized country, averaging 280 more hours on average a week or a year than any other country. In our lifetimes, we spend the the time equivalent to one year of our lives searching for something that has been misplaced. (laughs) One out of 10 Americans are on antidepressants, and one out of four women aged 40 to 50 are on antidepressants. I could go on and on. That's very encouraging news, isn't it? Everybody just take a deep breath. Now, here's the crazy thing. You add Christmas to whatever has become normal, and that's overwhelming because we've got all kinds of things to do. How many of you already have your tree up? Some of you don't. I don't have my tree up yet. Our excuse right now is that we were waiting for Josh to get home. (laughs) Decorating the house, planning for the pictures that need to go on the cards that are already looming over your head if you don't have them done yet. I know that this is a real season of potential stress in all of our lives because we feel that. You got to have your cookies baked and you got to have your gifts ready to roll and you got to have the house ready for guests or you have to have your stuff packed so that you can get ready to go and be uh, a guest. Or if you're a student, right now you're freaking out because this week is finals week. And so you also have the responsibilities of making sure that your, that your finals are prepared for and that you're doing well. Here's how I also know that this is a real problem, that there's a lot of stress in our world. When the nights set in, sometimes for me, that's when my mind seems to turn on. I can find myself laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, feeling overwhelmed with the things that need to be done, the decisions that need to be made, and the parts of the plan that need to be elaborated on as we head into 2015 that can be challenging there are times when I'm laying there in the stillness of the night and that can feel very alone I can be hesitant to trust God completely feeling like I should be doing more if I let this go too far I can even feel overwhelmed with worry and I'm sure there's times that you have felt that way as well don't you feel better If what I've described can be normative of your life from time to time, just put your hand up for a second. Look look around. See, this is part of the world we live in. But it's so awesome that we have a heavenly dad that has extended to us a gift. And I want to unpack that gift for you today. Our word worry is taken from a German word that literally means to strangle, to constrict, or to choke. Maybe emotionally you've felt that before. You felt what worry can do to you. Maybe you've been there and you get so used to worrying that when there's nothing to worry about, you're worried. The other shoe's going to drop, right? Here it comes. Something's going to happen. Something's going to break. Something's going to mess up the routine and I'm going to be worried even more. So I'm worried now because I don't have anything to be worried about. We try and soften the reality of of the way that we live our lives by saying things like this. I'm, I'm just really concerned about things. I'm concerned. 
That's the way mature people say they're worried, right? Or they say this, I have some issues I'm working through. I mean, everybody has issues. Or we'll say, you know, I just have a lot on my mind right now. I have a lot on my mind. And then you add all of that again to Christmas, and it just seems to intensify. I think Christmas is like putting magnifying glasses or binoculars on the stress of life, because all of a sudden, if there are challenges in relationships, whether it's your immediate relationships or your extended relationships, or if there's stuff going on in your marriage, or there's just stuff going on with your kids, or if there's things going on in your finances, or if there's stuff going on at work, it just seems like this season just kind of focuses in and it kind of makes all of that stuff more intense. Because we've got so many more responsibilities, we've got so many details, we've got stuff that we have to sort through. And when we're trying to work through this time of the year, we, we just like put our smiley faces on and hoping that, hoping that we can somehow make it to Christmas. If we can just make it to Christmas, then everything will kind of calm down just a little bit. But our Heavenly Father desires to give us gifts. He, get, he wants to give us gifts that matter, gifts that will help us, that are that are not just something that we talk about, but something that we truly experience that will be meaningful and life-changing. And so he sent his son. And last week, Kyle did a great job talking about how his son brought hope, brought hope for us in a world that is trying to find hope in so many wrong ways and different ways and, and meaningless ways and only to find out that hope is really not found unless we find it in our incredible Lord. But it's not just hope, there's more, and that's what this series has been about. The main thought this weekend, if you have your journey guide, you can pull it out and, and take a few notes as you, as you write down some thoughts that we share uh, this weekend. But our main thought is this, God offers me the gift of true peace. God offers me the gift of true peace. So I want you to just reflect. Some of you will be familiar with the story that we find in Luke chapter 2 that describes the, the first Christmas the first Christmas evening, and, and you remember how this whole thing gets kicked off. We know the story, some of us do, that these angels show up to these disenfranchised, kind of on the fringe of society shepherds. And the angels come, and there's two main statements that I want to focus in on tonight. One of the first ones, and of course, we see that angels say this a lot, is they say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then later in that same passage of scripture in Luke 2, they say, glory to the God in the heavens and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Think about those words. They're incredibly important. They're incredibly meaningful. If you rewind just a few years to the early 1950s, there was a strong Christ follower who was very famous for his thoughts and for his words and for fun illustrations. And he is said to have written the longest story ever told by one person. In his stories, he shares truths. And, and if you remember, as we see this in just a moment, you, you will find yourself embedded in his story somewhere. Someone that we could identify with and parts of the stories that were true to our lives as well. And in, in the stories, he, he even has one character that that kind of typifies the worrying culture that we live in. And, and he, has, he, would be, he would definitely be in the dictionary underneath that 
definition of what it means to be a worry wart. As a matter of fact, he had to have a security blanket. And his work gained popularity, this author, and it even turned into TV programs. And they've done special TV programs for even the Christmas specials that he's done. And no doubt that you've seen this before. However, I think you may have missed something in this story. And so I want to show it to you tonight. And I want you to pay close attention to the words because you're going to identify if you're a worrier or if this season has increased the stress in your life. I want you to see what happens in this story. Pay close attention to the words and pay close attention as the worry wart communicates something in this video. Watch this. I'll bet you've missed this as many times as you've seen it before. Watch this video. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Did you catch it? Did you see what happened? When he started talking about fearing not, what happened to the security blanket? Probably never saw that before, did you? It's pretty interesting to me. As a matter of fact, there's a documentary that you can watch on YouTube about the making of Charlie Brown Christmas. As a matter of fact, the network executives, they were hesitant about this scene that involved Linus reciting the story of Christ's birth. In that documentary of the making of this program, Charles Schultz said this, if we don't tell the true meaning of Christmas, who will? Who will? That's amazing to me that even in the efforts to make a Christmas special that we would enjoy, gosh, how many of you remember watching that as a kid? And we still watch it almost every year, don't we? It's just like part of the celebration. And part of what he's communicating to each of us is that We have a tendency, all of us, to have our little security blankets that we use that are a crutch to get us through life. And if you ever read any of Charlie Brown's stories, you know some of the the stuff that went on in Linus's life to try and somehow get to the point where he could just safely let go of the blanket. It was with him everywhere. And yet in this special, when the angels say, fear not, we understand that part of the gift of what we have at Christmas is that we can drop the security blanket and the fears can go away, that worry can go away. And part of the gift that he wants to give us is this gift, this gift of true peace. We all know that there's, there's nothing worse than being a gift giver and having the individuals that you've given the gift to not appreciate the gift. Isn't that true? 
How many times, some of you that have kids, you remember staying up really late, maybe all night, putting something together. You just like, you got to put together the, the, uh, the appliances for the play kitchen or the playhouse for the kid, remember? And then on Christmas morning, they come down, they're all excited and they see it and it's great. And then they play with the box the rest of the day. And you're like, wait a minute, I feel like a zombie right now because I stayed awake to put together the, you know, the oven. Play with the oven, not the box. We want those that we give gifts to to appreciate the gifts that we've given to understand the value of them. And listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said this, right before he was leaving to go back to heaven, I am leaving you with a gift. And what is the gift? Look what he says, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world can't give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Boy, you see, that's an important lesson for us to learn that as we understand the beauty of God, our Heavenly Father's gift to us, that when Jesus came, part of what he came to do is to free us from our need to have the security blanket, to be able to not be people that worry, to be people that are not overwhelmed about the circumstances and the situations in life. And you may try to find security somewhere else But what Jesus tells us in this particular passage of Scripture is this. He's going to give you a peace. He wants to give you this gift that you need to unwrap. And it's a gift that you won't find anywhere else. This world can't provide it for you. You can try, but it will fail. But the gift that he gives us is one that goes beyond our ability to even understand. Sometimes it just doesn't even make sense that we could have peace in the middle of situations and circumstances that don't seem very peaceful. In 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King on Christmas Eve began his message by saying this, this Christmas season finds us a rather bewildered human race. We have neither peace within nor peace without. Everywhere, paralyzing fears harrow people by day and haunt them by night. Our world is sick with war. Everywhere we turn, we see its ominous possibilities. And yet, my friends, the Christmas hope for peace and goodwill toward all men can no longer be dismissed as a kind of pious dream of some utopian. That's 47 years ago. I could have started my message today with the exact same quote, still needing to experience and embrace the peace that God has for us. We often say that Christmas is about giving, and sometimes we neglect the importance of receiving. We need to understand that there is a piece of Christmas that also requires us being a good receiver. Last week, uh, Pastor Kyle talked about that, that there are times when, when the relatives are over and they give a gift that maybe your kid doesn't like and they're like, oh, great. And you're like, act happy, right? Be a good receiver. But sometimes I think that because of the pride in our lives, because of how we've been raised, perhaps, men, that we're supposed to stand strong on our own and power through life, that we've forgotten the importance of also being able to receive the gifts that God has given us as well. 
We don't receive well, whether it's a compliment. What do you, how do you respond when someone compliments you or a gift? Or it might be as small as someone offering to share a lunch with you when they see that you forgot yours. Or maybe it's someone that lends a hand or is willing to give you a ride. Oftentimes we hesitate to receive, don't we? We kind of, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. Because we're supposed to be able to power through on our own. We don't want to impose. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want some to have to go out of their way for us. What is it that God wants to give us today? What is part of the gift of of Christmas, this Advent that we celebrate, the coming of this incredible Savior? Glory to God in the highest. Peace. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And then Jesus says, I'm leaving you with what? A gift. And what do we need to do with this gift? We need to receive it. And what is that gift? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace, the peace that he gives is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. God offers me, God offers you the gift of true peace. Can you think about the joy that you see? You know, I can think back years to when the kids were young and how excited they, they got on Christmas morning. They still get excited, but they don't get up like they used to. Some of you remember those days when your kids, and maybe you're living that right now, where they jump up on the bed and wake you up and tell you it's time to go down. Can, can we please go down and open presents? Can we please? They're just so excited. That doesn't happen in my house anymore. I'm usually the one sitting downstairs going, hello, come on, let's get this thing going, you know? The excitement, the, the kids that are just fired up to open their presents and the excitement that that brings you as a parent or a grandparent as you see their eyes light up when they see the presents. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun to see our kids excited, to see the gifts that they're receiving and to know that behind those gifts are are unmistakable moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that just love. We have a heavenly father that loves like that, but at a whole nother level. And he's provided for us gifts that he wants us to be excited about receiving and unpacking as well. But all too often, we tend to struggle with the receiving. And I have learned that oftentimes the struggle to receive is almost 100% due to my own prideful state that I should be able to push through it, that I don't receive the gifts that he's given the way I should. Corey Tim Boom, the famous Holocaust survivor, said this, worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around the center of fear. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Wow. Now that is truth. Because what happens when we worry, when we're overcome, when we don't have peace in our lives, the peace that God wants, in the center of the place where we should be strong, we have fear and that emptiness begins to take away the strength that we have to live for today. And how many times have we seen it? Isn't it so easy to recognize in someone else, but hard to see in ourselves? He wants to give us peace. 
Kyle reminded us that we need hope. Today, we're looking at how we need peace. We need his perspective. So let me quickly explain the depth of this gift because his peace is a peace that surpasses our ability to understand. And what does that even mean? The first thing that's true about this peace is that it's a peace that comes regardless of the circumstances. And I know what happens when you hear that. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, Doug, sure it is. You don't know my circumstances, right? You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. The Apostle Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, don't worry about what? That was not convincing. Does it hurt that bad to read it? Don't worry about what? Boy, that's deep theology right there. That's applicable to our lives, and it pretty much captures it all, doesn't it? Don't worry about anything. Instead, look, look how peace comes. What do we do? Instead of worrying, what do we do? We pray. We pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then what happens? We cultivate in us, even when it's hard to do, a spirit of thanksgiving. Because when we are spending so much time worrying about the circumstances of life, we begin to miss the blessings of life too, don't we? So let worry be an alarm that signals a change of behavior that first of all initiates a time where we begin to pray through the things that we're worried about and then on the heels of those prayers we cultivate a a heart inside of us that begins to thank God for the blessings that we do have because there are many and we thank him for what he's done. Then it says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. And then look what happens when we live this way, when and when, when worry and stress and fear and anxiety begin to take over, that initiates our time of prayer, that initiates a heart of thanksgiving, and we thank him for what he's done, and it's going to blow our minds the peace that comes, and when we do this well, look what happens, then there is a guard, a guard at your heart and a guard at your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. You might want to write down Philippians 4, 6, and 7 if you're a Linus. Because part of the gift that God wants to give you is peace, a peace that will blow your mind. Jesus said this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. The word that Jesus uses here, everyday life, doesn't just mean your breath, your heartbeat. This word actually means every aspect of your life, all of it, the mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, all of it, all of it. Don't worry about life. He's got it. He wants to give you peace. So when you begin to worry, you you let that be the alarm that signals the time to pray and the time to be thankful. And then you rest back in a peace that comes that blows your mind when you do this well. And then that peace will be what guards your heart and your mind. Because isn't that really where the worry comes from? It starts to spin in our minds and then we allow our emotions to spin as well. And next thing you know, you're caught in the vortex of worry. And it begins to wreak its havoc in your life. Jesus is simply saying, like Paul did, don't worry about anything. And then he even tells us this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And what do we know the answer to be? No way. As a matter of fact, what will your doctor tell you? What does stress and worry do? Add hours to your day and your life? 
Man, they will tell you that it wreaks havoc on your physical. Now we got something else to worry about. So instead of worrying, we need to learn to cultivate this heart that, that God is wanting us to have, this unpacking the gift that he has for us, this peace that will go beyond our ability to understand. God offers me the gift of true peace. For each of us right now, the question should be this, how do I get that kind of peace? Because I stress out. I know you stress out sometimes too. I know some of your circumstances and I understand why you would feel the stress. We get that this is a crazy world that we live in. How do we get the peace that God wants to give us? So write this down, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to do a Romans chapter 5 rewind. I saw this this week as I was studying Romans 5, and so I want to share with you these verses. We're going to start in verse 11, and we're going to back all the way up to the beginning of the chapter, and I want you to see how this is going to work. We always got to start with why, don't we? Why does God want to give us peace? Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 11. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has what? Made us friends with God. I read that this week, impressed again, like friends with God that blows my mind that somehow the beautiful picture of what Christmas is about that our heavenly father would send his son so that we could be made right in relationship with him and now I can be called a friend of the creator of the universe what an incredible gift and when you read that like me you should ask yourself this question too so how does that happen how do we become friends of the creator of the universe? Because if you're a friend of the creator of the universe, don't you think you can trust him with your worry? If he's your friend, your friend's got it. He's all powerful, so how do we get there? How does that happen? How can we have this kind of relationship with him? Rewind to verse nine. Look at verse nine. Verse nine says this, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Isn't that great? Part of the gift, right? Part of the gift of what we celebrate at Christmas is that he sent his son so that we could be right. Why is it important for us to be right? So we could also be his friend. We could be in relationship with him. That should bring the peace that surpasses all understanding. And when we see that we've been right in God's sight, I think about that and I think, man, sometimes I have a hard time seeing myself the right way. How could it possibly be true that I could be seen right even in God's eyes? How can that happen? How did Jesus make us right in God's sight? Great question. Rewind one more verse. Look at verse 8. Here it is. But God showed his great love for us in, by sending Christ to die for us even while we were still sinners. Whew. What I think there's Christmas again. The gift. That baby celebrated is the expression of our God's love before we'd even said yes to him, before we'd even begun to unpack it. He says, I'm going to send my son and he's going to die for you and that's going to demonstrate this love that I have for you before you've even said yes to me. And that's an incredible, deep love. When I see that, I think, gosh, well, of course, this is an incredible gift that God has given us. How do I respond? 
What is it that I'm supposed to do? Great question. Rewind a couple of more verses and look at Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Look what Paul says. Because of our faith. That's how this happens. That's how we receive the gift that God has given us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. How does this happen? We have this incredible relationship with the creator of the universe. We could be called his friend. How does that happen? Because we've been made right in God's sight. How does that happen? Well, God demonstrated that by sending Christ to die for us even while we were still sinners. And then we hear this story of Christmas and all of a sudden our lives are changed and we know we need to respond. And how do we respond? We respond by placing our faith, our faith in this incredible gift that our Heavenly Father has given us. So then how? How does that faith play out in our lives on a day-to-day basis? Great question. Rewind one more verse and look at uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And this is where the Apostle Paul started this chapter, and it's beautiful. It's exactly what we're talking about. This is where the peace that begins to permeate into our daily lives comes from. Look what happens. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Peace with God because of what Christ Jesus Our Lord has done for us. So in the midst of our crazy lives, in the midst of this crazy season that we celebrate his birth, we can have peace. And if you want to experience that peace, it starts right there. It starts right there that first Christmas morning when God sent his son and provided for us an opportunity to have a gift The gift that first is peace with the creator of the universe. And second of all, peace that begins to surpass our understanding. That will blow our minds. Where when stressful times come, it's a trigger and we're reminded, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. And that's a pretty powerful friend. And because I have that kind of relationship, I'm going to talk to him about what's going on in my life. And so we lay it before our incredibly powerful God who's provided for us that first Christmas, this kind of depth of relationship. And as we pray, something begins to happen in our hearts. And then we take time to say thanks. And by the time you've prayed and said thanks, what happens to your worry? God begins to take over, doesn't he? And then there is stationed a military term that will guard your mind where the thoughts get started and your heart where things get emotional. And you begin to experience one of the most incredible gifts that God gives us, and that is peace. Boy, what a message that each and every one of us need to hear, especially during this time of the year. Will you bow your heads for just a moment? What Jesus says to you today is I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace, the peace that he gives to you is a gift that the world can't give. So don't be troubled.
Don't be afraid. And I know for some of you that are here tonight, as we've rewound through Romans chapter 5, you would say to me tonight, if we had a chance to talk, that you don't have that kind of relationship with God. And for some of you, that's the first time that you've ever heard that. That you could be a friend of the creator of the universe. You have an opportunity to say yes to this gift today. And I want to pray for you in just a moment. And for the rest of you, for those of you that have heard of this incredible gift, and you've responded to this, and you know that you're a friend of God, and yet, in the midst of the craziness of life and the craziness of this season, you would say, you know, Doug, I just don't have peace, but I needed a game plan. And so now you know in your heart that if there's a way that that worry can be triggered, an alarm that would start a different kind of behavior that would help you to pray and trust your friend to be able to carry you through whatever it is that's causing you stress. And then cultivate that heart of thanksgiving that you will be able to have that gift, that gift of peace that will guard your heart and your mind. Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you. We thank you so much for the incredible gifts that you've given us. And Lord, we want our hearts to be full just like little kids on Christmas, on Christmas morning that come down excited to unpack the gifts that, that we've given to them. Lord, we want to have that same kind of heart as we think about these gifts of, that are part of this Advent Christmas, the gifts of hope and the gift of peace. And Lord, I know there are so many that struggle with a heart that is so wound and minds that are spinning so fast that it's anything but peaceful. And Lord, I know you know the circumstances that are part of the lives of each of those that are here today. And so Father, I pray that the words that we've shared and that the, the, the principles and the truths of this gift of peace that you want to give would begin to just settle deep into our hearts and souls today. Father, I know too there are some that are here that have not yet said yes to a relationship with you. If that's you and you're here tonight, will you just simply pray this prayer with me? God, thank you for giving me the gift of the opportunity to be in relationship with the creator of the universe. Not just any relationship, but a relationship where I could be called friend. I thank you that you sent your son to come and to die for me. I accept that today and I ask you to forgive me for falling short of your perfect standard. And I pray this Christmas that you will help me to understand that gift like I've never understood it before. And Lord, for all of us, help us to stop trying to find peace anywhere but in you. Help us to unpack the gift of your incredible peace Help us to be reminded to pray and to trust and to give these things back to you and to, to Lord, also be the kind of people that, that will live very, very grateful for all the blessings that you've given us. So, Lord, we pray this weekend against the enemy's attack on our lives that would want us to spend the bulk of our lives worrying, laying awake at night looking at the ceiling when we have a gift with an incredible bow an incredible package waiting to be unwrapped. God, help us to do that 
well this Christmas, to trust you like we've never trusted before. And Father, you bring the peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. We love you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In just a couple moments, our prayer team is going to be up front. Maybe this was something that touched your heart tonight and you'd like to, to pray for, for God's peace to be present in your life. Maybe you know there are some stressful family things coming up or maybe it's just the holidays in general or you're struggling with something or maybe you're getting ready to have surgery this week or something like that. Uh, you'd just like some special prayer. Maybe you're a student and you got finals this week and you'd just like to have someone pray a divine prayer for recollection of all that's been said. We'd love to pray with you guys. So in just a couple of minutes, um, our prayer team will be up front. On your seats and kind of scattered throughout the auditorium today are the cards uh, promoting our Christmas Eve service. And if you flip that card over real quick, you'll see uh, some, some communication about our annual Christmas fund. And I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that this is part of the way that Plum Creek celebrates Christmas. And uh, we're encouraging and challenging every family to prayerfully consider being part of this annual Christmas fund. If everyone that calls themselves uh, a Plum Creeker and those families would, would just partner with us in this way and uh, pray about how there would be the opportunity to give $50 per person in your family. I know some of you can't do that. Others can give more than that. But if everybody would be involved, we know that uh, if we could get to the point where every person that calls themselves a Plum Creeker could somehow, through others helping or families stepping in and being involved, we could raise $90,000. And out of that $90,000, 100% of that is going to go right outside uh, into other ministries, and you see those represented on the card there of, of the ministries that we're supporting. We've talked about that before. And so as of last weekend, we've had almost $17,000 come in so far. So we're far on the way of getting there, but we are not there yet, are we? We got some ways to go. So please, will you prayerfully consider how this could be part of your Christmas celebration? The way that you keep your focus on an incredible God that's given us gifts like peace is that we reflect his giving heart and we are involved in ministries that, that are making a difference. Uh, and then flip it back over and look at the Eve card one more time. And here's what I want to challenge you with. There has to be a neighbor, a coworker, a friend that, you're, uh, that you have that maybe is interacting with you through your kids' activities or someone that you just have relationship with that you know is not plugged into a local church, but they may consider coming with you on Christmas Eve. This could be an opportunity on Christmas Eve. I'll tell you, I'm going to unpack the gift of our God's love. We need to hear that one. And these individuals that you know that need to understand more about a relationship with the Lord and get connected into a place that will help them to continue to grow spiritually, this would be a great opportunity for you to do that. And I'm going to pray right now. We stand at your feet that God will put a name on your heart that you could invite. Father, we thank you for a season of opportunity. We thank you for your incredible love and a chance to talk about that on Christmas Eve. Lord, I pray that you will drop a name into our hearts, that you will give us an idea of someone that we could invite to be part of the, our Christmas Eve celebration here at Plum Creek. We thank you that we have opportunity to host something like that. Lord, we pray that it would be part of the initiation of a spiritual journey for many. And then, Father, we lay before you, too, this audacious goal that we would have as a church, that we could see funds provided, that we would be able to resource other ministries outside of Plum Creek. And God, I do pray a bold prayer that you will help every single person to be involved. And that we do, God, I pray that you will help us to raise $90,000. I believe you could do that if we'd all be a part of it. Lord, it'd be a joy to be able to hand that away. I know that's part of the way the kingdom of God works, that you would use us to be good stewards of resource, to invest into other ministries. Help us to do that during this holiday season. We love you, Father. 
It's in your name we pray.